Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breakout. This is episode number 73 for Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. My name is Marty Sleva, and I'm joined by two people who just stealth dropped on Game Pass. It's Nick Langer and Casey Wosu. How's it going, fellas? Good. That was topical. That was topical on on one of the things we're going to be talking about because, uh, well, first off, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Breakout. This is our our weekly weekly live show where we talk about things, including the topic uh, in the headline, as well as other topics. Uh, yeah, as you can see, our big topic today, we're going to be talking about um, sort of piggybacking off. Uh, we talked about Velma last week, and then uh, a lot of the the Forspoken uh, discussions this week and how the game sort of got sent to die before anyone had actually played it. And seemingly, like, it just was like every six months, we, like, we, we pick a game and it's like the, like the Wicker Man, <laughs> where it's like, we're going to sacrifice this game to the gaming gods and hope. Hopefully we get Tears of the Kingdom soon. I mean, you uh, you say we, but I, I think it is a particular like section of the internet, and not yeah. really. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the uh, Snarkers Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Snarkers Alley loves to hate. Um, so we're gonna be talking about that and how um, it's sometimes it's fine for something to just be good or just be okay. That's totally fine. Uh, we'll also be going over uh, Xbox held uh, what I hope is the format of, of shows going forward an Xbox Direct today uh, that included uh, a couple smaller reveals, but then uh, we got a Redfall release date and we got a, a stealth reveal of a new game from Tango Gameworks uh, called Hi-Fi Rush. That's just out. You just play it right now. You just There's a game we didn't know existed and now exists and you can just play it, which is really nice. Uh, and we'll talk about a couple other things. Like GoldenEye is coming back soon. Casey, how excited for you uh, for Goldeneye? One to ten. Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> were you gonna add like you were doing a pregnant pause and you were gonna add a zero at the end of it, right? No, it's just come on. Perfect okay. Dark's a better game. I, okay. We keep coming back to this. <laughs> we don't need Goldeneye. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, as you can see, uh, as always, thank you so much for supporting us across all platforms. We are on Twitch now, so if you prefer Twitch. You can watch us on Twitch if you want. Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, YouTube, your super chats uh, help fuel this discussion. Uh, get those chats in, and, and we'll read them out throughout the show. And also, as you see, we are what over halfway to our goal of uh, Adventure is Live, which is very exciting. That is the new Friday streaming show we're going to be doing with Jack, Casey, Jesse, and Amy, where they stream a D&D video game. Probably chat about Adventures Nine. Maybe try to recreate some most. This is, is this like an alternate universe thing? Do you think? I, I think it's kind of its own do. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. like, maybe there will be references to Adventures Nine. Maybe not. Maybe we'll go completely left. Who knows? Yeah. But it's, <laughs> exactly. it is still going to be in the vein of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, from what I'm uh, hearing. Heck yeah. Uh, you know what? There's never a shortage of dungeons and or dragons, which is which is very <laughs> nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we, as we, as you probably know, we've, uh, hit our milestones on, uh, Patreon. Uh, we're going to have Darren Mooney playing games like The Last of Us and Immortality and giving his thoughts on those. And then Nick is going to be playing, uh, Persona 5 Royal all day, a Saturday soon, probably mm-hmm. Saturday the 11th. Is that what we said? The yeah, fourth? I think 11th? so. I think we said the 11th. 4th. 11th? The I don't fucking great. know. <laughs> you wrote down the dates. <laughs> Couple great Saturdays. Uh, but how are you guys doing? Everything good? I'm good because uh, we are using a new uh, service for re- recording these podcasts, which means there should be no desyncing anymore. Cross your fingers. Don't will hope to any, die. <laughs> will there be any desnudsing? Oh, there will be plenty of that. There's there's never <laughs> enough of that, but you know we'll get there. Well, as long as we don't desync on the nuts, we're good. 
Truly. Truly. Yeah, see, see your doctor if you're nuts desync. Nine, nine out of ten men go through nuts desyncing at some point. Um, yeah, we mentioned it earlier. So Goldeneye is coming to uh, Xbox, including Game Pass, and Nintendo Switch Online uh, on Friday. Uh, and don't forget, it does not have online on the Xbox version. Only the Switch version has online. Yeah, which is very funny. Very, Just, very useful. <laughs> incredibly funny. Um, that is a game uh, I know a lot of uh, folks like myself hold into very high regard. Uh, it was if you were only a console boy, if you never, if you never dabbled on PC, that was that might have been like one of your first forays into uh, into into shooters and, and like FPSs. Know. Yeah, honestly, like that was. Uh, yeah, wait, when did what year did Goldeneye drop? Ninety seven, I believe. Ninety seven. Okay, I definitely played Doom ninety five. So. Yeah, yeah. Um and so uh I, I yeah, I hold that game uh I hold that game uh in lofty regards and on Friday we'll see if I am very wrong or not. <laughs> I've not played that game in a very long time. And you shouldn't have cuz it's it's very old. It's a very dated feeling game. And like this is just a straight port from what I understand, right? Like they've not done anything to no, its control I scheme. I don't think so. I don't think they're adding second stick. Um which really uh, you just you, you so can't even, where was all this talk about like a true remaster <laughs> no one was anyone saying that i think people were saying they wanted that right i thought that was like the rumor forever that it was like a not not like I mean, a they probably heard remake, that this was but, a thing that was coming and assumed that's what you would do with this is remaster it because yeah, that game is yeah. very old yeah um but yeah i think that's more of like i think that's gonna be like one of those like novelties that um, weirdos like me are going to play for a little bit and then be like, oh, I remember Odd Job, I remember the damn. And then after like half an hour, be like, oh, I'm probably not going to play this. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Sometimes it's nice for things to just exist. Uh, and uh, before we talk about more games that exist uh, from the Nintendo, uh, from the Xbox Direct, uh, Nick, you wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, the last like week has seen uh, some, some pretty awful layoffs. Not only last week we were talking about um, in the tech sector, like Microsoft and 343, which is now sounding like Certain reports are saying that like it's possible a third of their staff got laid off, which is fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, but we're seeing it across you know all industries, including the games media industry, uh, with um, pretty much all the major sites um, laying off a bunch of people. Fandom laying off a bunch of people from uh, from uh, uh, their various properties, like uh, Giant Bomb and Gamespot, and then uh, the complete closure of Launcher, which was Washington Post's foray into video games that we thought was going to be like mainstream media finally writing about video games and not in a way that's like, have y'all heard about video games? Turns out they make a lot of money. Um, But yeah, did you have, uh, Nick, you kind of wanted to talk about that because that's obviously, you know, that industry stuff is your bread and butter. Yeah. um, You know, it's, it's been interesting watching all the responses on Twitter. I mean, it's just, it's just been a brutal month for games and media across the board, like just layoffs everywhere. Um, Unfortunately, like I feel like, the industry was kind of due for this uh, and not because I don't, you know, there's people I don't like or anything like that. It was more because like, you know, at the previous company we were at, I know how excited they were about uh, pandemic numbers uh, because everybody was home. Everybody was on their computer. Everybody was online. Numbers were up. Ad revenue was up. People were spending more uh, money online and everything like that. So uh, essentially, you know, these, the, a lot of these companies just invested in big salaries and stuff for writers and, and really try to staff up and, and capitalize on that. And as soon as the pandemic over, you know, you kind of knew that was going to come crashing down 
Um, but you know, I was listening right before this podcast, I was listening to like kind of funny and Greg Miller, who obviously knows very much about this kind of thing, having, you know, left, uh, IGN and started kind of funny and now they're independently funded and, you know, interesting, like, you know, we have parallels with them where we create a lot of that kind of same content, but we are in a hybrid model, um, where we are funded by both fans and a parent company, um, which is kind of the best of both worlds. Um, but he was kind of saying like, even with launcher, like, you know, when, when that content's put out, like good content that they were doing and like, I, I've read articles from launcher. I'm sure we all have. Um, you just didn't see it really anywhere. I didn't see, you know, their articles being shared by people. And every time one of these layoffs happen, it kind of bugs me that like people are like, man, we're losing such a great source of games media and we're losing this and that and this and that. It's like, but all you, all we ever do is like share the really negative stuff. Like I've never seen somebody say like, this is a great article from launcher. Go read this. And, uh, kind of all week I've just been kind of advocating like we gotta, we like we as a collective myself included, cause I get involved in it too. Like we just gotta do a better job of sharing. You never get involved in anything negative on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta do a better job of just sharing the content that we enjoy. And that goes for the people reading and watching and all that stuff. Like you gotta, you gotta share the stuff that you like, or it's going to go away. Um, and I, you know, I got into this conversation with somebody who's like, why is it, you know, why are you guilting the audience? Why is it my job to, you know, make sure you're funded or whatever? I was like, do you read or watch IGN or GameSpot or Escapist every single day? Like, do you engage with that content? Do you like it? Do you want to stick around? Because unfortunately, like ad ad money just isn't going to pay the bills forever. Um, and I feel like the entire media industry is like figuring this out now. Is like it's there's too much. There's too much spread. CPM rates aren't going to be aren't great year round. It's hard to like invest when, you know, you have quarters where you're really good and quarters where you're really low. And like corporate media is like finally coming around to the idea. Like these aren't sustainable. It, it It's really, I get exactly what you're saying. Like it's, it's real aggravating to, to see because folks do this intentionally, which is very strange to me. They'll talk about, a story from somewhere and actively campaign against not sharing it. Yeah. Yep. Like they'll say, I don't want to give this full article that I read any ad clicks. I'm just going to tell you what was on the thing to deny them that because there's this weird sense of entitlement to just information in a way. And on one hand, like I, I get that, like I don't want to have to be nickel and dime for everything I learn on yeah. the internet. Like that's, that that would be very annoying. And I'm guilty of it too. Like I'll see like a Bloomberg article, for example, which is a paid uh, site. And like, it'll give you like the first uh, couple of sentences. And they'll be like, all right, you gotta pay for the rest of this. I'm like, all right, I'll just wait till another, yeah, <laughs> another yeah, outlet. We're all, uh, we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty <laughs> So like, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But like for the ones you do follow, like uh, when I used to read IGN every day, um, I would turn my ad blocker off for that site. Like I turn my ad blocker off for Escapist because like, I want to support those sites that I do frequent every single day. So like, you just got to be a little bit more cognizant of that sort of thing as a consumer of that sort of media. Like, no, it's not your responsibility to pay all those people. Um, and though we do have very, very generous uh, subscribers in our community who do fund some of the stuff we do, the greater majority of people who don't and just show up to watch and listen. Great. We love that too. But just take a little step further to be a little bit more cognizant as to maybe talk about it with a friend if you liked it, just to help in that way for a free way. Cause like that helps us too. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, every time I see like an LA close, I just, I feel a little bit of like, 
I don't even know what the word is for. Like, I just feel extremely cynical about people going out and like, oh my God, it was so good. Why are we losing this? And it's like, well, because you never talked about it. You never shared it. <laughs> like, I, I know I know Marty doesn't want to take part in this conversation, but I mean, you've been around IGN forever. You know, like how often do people like really share the good stuff that you did? Uh, Not often. Yeah, no, it, didn't, it, it just didn't bother me. <laughs> I was just like, I'll just take yeah. my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I, I, <laughs> I know where you're coming from, and it's like uh, human beings. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat earlier, human beings. Uh, uh, you gravitate towards negative because you wanna you wanna either mm-hmm. fix something or you wanna find solidarity in hating something. And when something is good or fine or great, it's people have less to say about it. Um, because it's just sort of assumed. Yeah, it's, it's like, good okay, that great. exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, great, no notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it's constantly like, you know, people yell at me, even on this podcast, like, you need to get off Twitter and stop engaging with Twitter. You do need to get off Twitter and stop engaging on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. It, well, it's, <laughs> you said that like an addict. You said like an addict that I was trying to take your pipe away. Well, from. and that's like, it's just funny because like I analyze my own usage on there and like when my follower accounts go up it's because like i have a hot take on like a media like a media critique or something like that but whenever i share like one of darren's excellent in the frame articles or videos it's like you know it gets like three likes i'm like well you know what's the point then so i just don't you know it's it's a question i'm like constantly pondering like how do you how do you in the media and the media space how do we navigate around that kind of culture and like how do we get people to you know, share and enjoy, or, you know, find our content that isn't just mad at it. Um, Cause like KC's most popular article is the one that people got pissed off at him for, for nothing. So, <laughs> so no publicity he's bad publicity. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, there's no, there no reason for that either. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be such a bad dad. That easy. Yeah. So I don't know. And Smith's in the chat says, or learn to just give less shits. Well, we need people to read and watch our stuff so that we make money. So, you know, I have to give a shit. Uh, I don't really give a shit if people are mad at us anymore, but uh, it's just. You absolutely still give a shit if people are mad at us. Yeah, only only if it's our audience that, like, we fucked up in some way. I don't really this give a shit about random Twitter user that's mad at me for saying something, like, whatever. Um, but And yeah. you shouldn't. Because they're not real. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they're not real humans. Yeah. <laughs> they're just little basement goblins. But yeah, just Half all these, probably just chat GPT all these, or whatever. Uh, all these layoffs have just made me kind of curious. Like, where where's the future of media going? Is it more hybrid stuff like we're doing? Because even IGN is like pushing their own subscription model now. Um, but it's very impersonal. And it's kind of interesting that like they just made a big deal about launching columns, which I think is great because the those big mainstream sites need to get back to having personalities. And like, I, you know, people come here because they know Yahtzee, they know Marty, they know KC, they know Amy, Jack and all that. I guess Marty, they just come here to hate on. But, um, (laughs) uh, when you think of like IGN and all that these days, like you really don't know any of the names anymore. They don't really highlight names, but there's, that's that's true. I think there's a dozen people there who are way more famous than any of us. The average, I'm talking about, I'm talking about writers though. Like the average person probably doesn't know many of the writers they have there, but the average person, aren't they? The average person doesn't know who any of us are. Like our fans well, know who we I know, are. I know. My I know. question is, aren't they aren't they hybrid like we are? Like most of their video people are also writers. Yeah, their on screen personalities are also the writers. Yeah, 
Yeah, just, so I mean, I don't, the, but I don't think there's like too a, many who are just exclusively right. writing, or if they are, they're kind of freelance and not part of like the yeah, yeah, the main. I know. And it, that's why they're launching columns again to give those people more personalities. I just think it's interesting, mm-hmm. like you know, we we've been doing that for so long now that other sites are finally getting back into having more personable in, in brands within brands. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's uh. I don't, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how to get to the Xbox conversation. <laughs> Speaking of brands, yeah. Speaking of brands, yeah, the, the Xbox brands. No, but it's funny. I mean, even with this, like we talk about wanting it to be more and more personal, and I think one of the reasons I personally enjoyed the Xbox Direct from earlier today was because they stripped away a lot of the like. Turns out we didn't need a host for that. We didn't yeah. need a host. We didn't need like a giant. Green lit neon stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't. We didn't need all that stuff. Like what super we, awkward comedy that they tried to do. And yeah, yeah. And like what they did was right at the top, they sort of gave you a rundown for for what they were going to show, including they said, "Ooh, we got a secret. We said it was going to be four games, but we actually have a fifth one." Uh, and then they sort of took us to each of those studios, and they just did really quick interviews, like chopped up interviews with a couple sound bites with with developers from you know uh, uh, Mo Yang and, and Minecraft Legends and and Forza uh, Forza Motorsports and then obviously the reveal of Hi-Fi Rush um, and showed a bunch of gameplay and and gave dates when they had dates and then they left and in 45 minutes it was out of our life or in half an hour it was out of our life and I was like that was great um, regardless of the content like only two of these games I'm interested in playing uh, regardless of that uh, this is a, a format that I think Xbox should adopt going forward in the same way that like when I see Nintendo Direct I'm like great never change it yeah. Never go back unless you want to go back to the weird old stuff like when they had the puppets and Re- like Re- Reggie skits. Yeah. I want Reggie. I want more Reggie skits. Uh, yeah, stuff was good. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was just happy like this was not overproduced because even if you do go the non-host route, a lot of times they do end up overproducing the thing. Um, mm. And this, like, I don't know. This it was. Not, it was really cool, at least for me, like personally, just because I'm interested in like the inside of studios having done documentaries like i love seeing like all the b-roll of like the in the actual studios and seeing like the the stuff on their walls and all that and then just very f- gameplay focused like I, I definitely want them to stick with that format yeah um, yeah. yeah and i i, and I think no, they will no change. this felt yeah. very much like a branding thing like xbox direct minus the underscore in between xbox and direct which like we already had this battle with watch, dogs, yeah. with watch underscore dogs in yeah. the first one and we won and ubisoft <laughs> well, stopped doing their, that going forward their entire thing their entire like look was like coding yeah and there was even so like after was it stopped there were noises like hum like analog hums uh-huh on the stream and i thought like my xbox was dying because i was hearing these like clicks and hums and i'm like oh no and then i muted my tv and i was like oh that was coming from the video never, mm-hmm. never mind uh also um speakeasy i don't know if it's actually pronounced mojang i believe it's pronounced mojang but if you say mojang i think that's fine it's the, yeah it's the same thing yeah what about what about would you be weirded out if someone said mojang <laughs> Like yeah that one that one i think is illegal <laughs> we need to- <laughs> i thought i thought i heard on the stream was like mohang i thought like the j had it could be mohang could be could be less hang who knows that was a, a mohang and less hang um speaking of uh so yeah the first game was uh minecraft legends which i didn't realize the co-developer was blackbird interactive who um a studio from like a decade ago who was formed of a bunch of relic folks so a bunch of people who've been working on rts games forever they also did uh hard space ship break home front yep 
Um, I mean, a home yeah. world, home world, sorry. Uh, They're working on that Homeworld 3 at some point. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. <laughs> uh, Heart Space Shipwreck. I don't know what that game is. People keep talking about that game. Home oh, Homeworld? Home oh, it's everything. I don't know anything about Homeworld. <laughs> oh, my God. It's everything. It's every game It's every game ever. They're all coming home. No, I don't know what Homeworld is. I think it's like a strategy. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, a sci-fi RTS with, like, you blow up spaceships and shit. All right. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense if they have RTS roots because as I was watching that uh, gameplay reveal – it looked very RTS-y, it but is. then, you know, it's also uh, got a, a whole, you know, building, which is core to the Minecraft identity uh, and a lot of tower defense stuff, which I've not been a fan of. But, mm-hmm. I mean, depending on how how intuitive they make it, like how fast you can kind of build your stuff up and have it be effective at doing what you need to do, which is protect your shit. Um, it might actually look like quite a bit of fun. Like my son walked in at the tail end uh, and was looking at, the the legend stuff in the scissor reel and i wanted to see the full thing and i don't know if he'd like it but he'd definitely try it because it's just minecraft uh aesthetic and it's a much better looking minecraft aesthetic than regular minecraft right it's like i like it that zoomed out the cell shaded look better yeah um so like it, it's it's very pleasing aesthetically so i don't know yeah. i might try it out you know what you know what game that reminded me of uh and i bet none of you have played it i bet somebody in the chat has uh the outfit on the xbox 360 <laughs> which was made by Relic, and it was like a third-person World War II, like, uh, third-person, like, shooter mixed with RTS elements. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This actually looks fucking fun. I'm probably going to play Minecraft I mean, Legends. it's possible some of those people worked on it, if that was Relic, because that whole studio was formed from, like, the bones of former Relic. It's possible, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, it's, I, I like that they were like, you, if you want, you could be the person on the team who goes gathers shit, like, in Minecraft, or who builds stuff, like, in Minecraft. So... I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to play it. But <laughs> if I like this kind of stuff, I'd be like, cool. That looks great. It's coming out April 18th. Uh, it's coming to, to on everything. Game Pass. Um, it's coming to Switch. It's coming to PlayStation because um, that's the one thing Microsoft allows to go everywhere. Uh, they then showed a little bit of Forza Motorsports. That was just, I don't know. When I, Whenever someone talks about a car game, it reminds me of I've had to cover CES a couple times. It's a consumer electronics show. And every mm-hmm. time I go there, I end up seeing a bunch of stuff that's really impressive, but I don't understand what any of it is. And it'll be like, oh, this is, you know, about 4K. Well, this is 32K. And I'm like looking and I'm like, this is really nice. But like, what <laughs> What are we doing here? And like, oh, this is $250,000. Who's this for? Like, what weirdo is going to buy this thing? Um, yeah, that, no, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, and that's what I get from from fancy car stuff. It's not $250,000. It is probably just going to be a regular <laughs> price game and free on Game Pass. No, I, I think I, I agree with what you're getting at in that that Forza section was a bit of a nothing burger. Like every single car game uh, after the next has better sound, more cars, better lighting. De- you know, like it's yeah, it's all buzzwordy. They didn't say anything about um, well, Horizon is more. Uh, it's like the open world fun. Yeah, but yes. they they make that more about like, oh, this is the new location and this is what you can yeah, do there, yeah. and this is what's going on. Like, I don't know if any Forza Motorsport has ever focused heavily on like it's more kind of just what so. disconnected tracks, right? Yeah, they have twenty it's, locations, it's a, which honestly yeah. didn't sound like that much. I don't know how many should be. Well, they, in they a sim racer like that. It's a lot because they do variations within those locations of the tracks and everything. And right, okay, like a big like part of like a big part time. of playing those games is people mastering the tracks. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys aren't the target audience for that. 
I'm like in the, the oh no definitely not <laughs> I'm in the middle ground like I really like racing games I don't get super deep into them uh, but I love playing I mean I still online. don't I still didn't get much information from it like, even if you are a racing game fan I don't know if there was anything in there that made me say oh this is a oh, new this thing. is gonna bury Gran Turismo like, yeah like the last you, Forza Motorsport eh, yeah, is I mean, nothing they you, compared to this new one <laughs> they give you 500 cars tons of customization options I mean the but people yeah, that play that's all every, car, people, every car game in like that's 20 all years the last that. that's all the, that's all the that. people that buy Forza want to hear <laughs> No, that's fine. I know that we're just saying it didn't, yeah. I don't know, it didn't, yeah, didn't do anything for they, you. They did mention something about like a a big online thing. I don't like Forza's always had an online mode, right? Yep. Like on like I don't know. Maybe they're doing some kind of big. I mean, it's never been open world, has it? No, no, no. Forza, right? Yeah, Forza yeah, Horizon. Horizon. Forza Motorsport is just okay. a. Uh, it's very heavy on the sim elements, um, but the big difference, kind of between Gran Turismo and Forza, is that. Uh, it can be heavily customized, so it does have a more arcade feel. So I think Forza has always been quite a bit more accessible than Gran Turismo in that regard. Uh, um, but in the in the customization, yeah, I don't see no options, Forza movie coming out though. The, the customization <laughs> options in, in Forza have always been pretty incredible. At least I haven't played one like deeply since like Forza Four, but um, Forza or no, it was Forza Four. Which uh, there was one on three sixty. I can't remember which number it was, but basically like. There was like a whole online market where like with their decal maker, people were making like incredible designs and you could sell them online for like in-game credits and all that. Uh, so people were like making like these super fucking cool like Gears of War layouts for their cars and Halo. And yeah, it, was, it was fun. Those were fun times. Well, there you go. You better look forward to 2023. That's when <laughs> this game's coming out. They did not create this game. I will be playing uh, that game. It was still in that uh, when, when they revealed it last year. Along with Starfield, they said all these games are coming out in the next year. So in theory, this is supposed to come out before the end of Jeff, June. Jeff Keeley um, said, "Yeah, it would be out before June." Uh, it was Jeff Keeler though? He can't even keep his stage safe from rascals. <laughs> <laughs> that was more nice. I'm not supposed to believe him. <laughs> um, I can see. So if this is coming out before the end of June, Starfield's not coming out the first half of the year, right? Obviously. Starfield's not coming out till like Christmas, right? I I, I think yeah, it'll I be. Can't, a, I can't imagine they have anything bigger to stick there. I, I think it'll be all either right after E three or right before E three. You just think they're just doing? They're not doing there. That would be so dumb to release a fucking two very two very game. different ten hundred hour game. Why did I say ten hundred hour? No, <laughs> it'd be bad for them to release it right around E three when people can't cover it because they're covering E three. That'd be dumb. It's gonna be on Game Pass. I don't think they need us to cover it. <laughs> I think they that, need no, people to buy. No, they need everyone to cover it. So everyone, it. Yeah. so everyone buys Xbox. Like this game is very important for Xbox. I, they need people yeah, to, I, to spend five hundred dollars on these consoles. Yeah, I just I don't think the media coverage is going to be that that important to the next big Bethesda game. It's the then why should people game. give us money if we're not important? Nick? <laughs> they should let us all die. <laughs> because they enjoy us talking about the games we're playing one doesn't tell them to buy it (laughs) hey speaking of games we've been playing this guy put 45 minutes into hi-fi rush Ooh, i didn't say that name right uh that is the latest game by tango gameworks uh tango gameworks obviously shinji mikami studio that um uh, uh they they've made the evil within one the evil within two uh ghostwire tokyo and so, of course, their new game would be a, uh, a cel-shaded, rhythm-based uh, action game that feels like it uh, is. It was a lost PS2 game that got a concussion and went into a coma, and then woke up like 25 years later, and now we have it. Now we have Hi-Fi Rush, and let me tell you, 
delightful. I thought the first five, 45 minutes, delightful. It's like, it's, it feels like beautiful Joe. That's, that's really uh, nice to hear because that, that lit my eyes up when I first saw that on screen. Mm-hmm. But I will, I, I just want to point out the trailer for this game started with that super cliche. Oh, I bet you wonder how I ended I got up here. It. That was bad. Let's go back to the beginning. I saw no responses about how bad the dialogue in the game was. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I, I saw was... nothing under any of the comments about, oh, yeah, this dialogue is so man. terrible. Kind of weird. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Other than that, I'm very hyped for this. Like, I was checking to see when it popped in the store. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm probably going to download it and try to uh, put some time into it. Uh, probably before the next time we stream. Hell yeah. Uh, well, not the next time I stream, because I stream with Jesse after this. <laughs> that would be but, really impressive if you're like, yeah, I got a, got a solid five in before the stream. <laughs> but they, they said they got like real uh, musicians to like do some of the backing tracks in that. Like, did you? I mean, it's Nine Inch Nails and, and the Black Keys and like the oh. Prodigy. So, like, how, so is it like, is it original stuff or is it like songs you recognize from those bands? Oh, like uh, the, the Black, it was like the most famous Black Keys song, I'm a Lonely Boy, I think that was called. Was it starts I, to get off. I don't no, know that song about Lonely Boys. Only one person has ever written a song about Lonely Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Blackies. Uh, no, it has a mix. It ha- so it has uh, known songs that you will recognize mm-hmm. during scripted moments. Um, but then there is a uh, score to the game that you are adding to by what attacks you use when. And if you dodge, if you light attack, if you heavy attack. Um, but one thing, like, these kind of rhythm games, um, stuff like uh, rhythm games that are more than just rhythm games, like uh, Metal Hellsinger or Cadence of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually pretty bad at those games because I can keep rhythm, but not I can't chew chew gum and rub my belly or whatever. However, that works. What's that? What's that saying? Uh, walk and chew gum. Walk and chew gum. The, oh, and then the there's thing. pat your head or rub your belly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could <can laughs> probably chew gum and rub my <laughs> You fuse two different ideas into your brain, so you can probably you can probably make it work. I think I could chew. I think I could chew that. Uh, but I'm I'm usually bad at that games. However, in this, it doesn't screw up the music because when you hit the attack button, your attack is going to land on the beat, no matter when you hit the attack button. And so it is in the uh, uh, in timing it correctly, the attack is more powerful. So even if you're bad at the game, you're still gonna look pretty cool. <laughs> because your character is going to be attacking on the beat, but you're going to get more points and it's going to have the stylish flourish to it if you're actually hitting the button on the beat. If that makes sense? Yeah, that's exactly how <laughs> so Metal Hellsinger like- played. You know, you get uh, uh, as you as you got the uh the meter up, the music increased with the meter. Uh Yeah, it, Metal Hellsinger felt a lot more punishing to me than this. Like I was able to be very good at it very quickly or somewhat good at it. Relatively quick. <laughs> Relatively. <clears throat> I'm curious. Like, so is it like it's a single button press that you press it on the beat and then the attack lands on the next beat? Or because like I'm, there's like a startup and finishing animation for the. So I'm a little confused. It's like you start an attack and then you press a second time to get it to land on the beat. Is it something like that? Yeah, it's almost like you instigate the attack. And when you hit, it's the wind up. And then on the next beat, it it hits and whereas like heavy attacks skip a beat it makes it's hard it's hard to explain mm-hmm. uh i might be able to explain it better once i have more than 45 minutes into mm-hmm. it um but uh you know, that, it, that sounds really uh 
really cool. I think you're really going to like it. It has the whole, you know, the, the sort of the Japanese combat thing of after you finished encounter because you weapon grade or, you know, a grade D through S and everything. Um, but yeah, and it, uh, the, the style of it, it's just super colorful. It visually looks a lot like uh, Sunset Overdrive. Um, is it, is it mission based or is it open world? It's not open world. Okay. It's, uh, it's like a linear. Um, it feels like a PS2 or like a 360 era game where like you do a combat encounter, you run through an area, you can kind of veer off a little bit and, uh, you know, go to a side area and find some collectibles or do a little platforming thing. But ultimately, you're just going straight through the level right now. Mm-hmm. So not open world, you're not bogged down. I'm collecting some like bits and I'm assuming at some point I can use the bits to buy something. But like it's not bogging me down in menus. There's not a fucking giant skill tree or anything so far um but okay um, so other than the combos you walk in with they're they're not telling you about upgrades or new abilities and stuff no and again i think i might still be in the session or in the section of the game where i'm learning because it's teaching me oh you can also dodge on the beat and if you dodge on the beat and then immediately attack that's a more powerful attack and so it's sort of it's still feeding me information i don't think i'm out of like the first mission yet so all right um, they did mention something about like uh what do you call it like people jumping in assists and, like, and that oh, stuff like, looked cool too, like big cinematic, oh, like, like sidekicks coming in. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, I've liked and I've liked the story and like the characters so far. It's a sort of a predictable kind of colorful post-apocalyptic world about a, a corporation who's got their thumb on society, um, <clears throat> and you're like slowly gathering members of a resistance. It seems like, but um, yeah, I like it, and I like too that the, the music is really good, and the levels are always kind of pulsing to the beat. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, the, the first level's in a factory, and uh, there's, like, uh, uh, like red, red lights on a conveyor belt that'll flash to the beat. There's, like, steam valves that'll shoot out steam to the beat. There's, like, little pistons that'll pump to the beat. And so, like, the level is almost, like, vibrating to the music um, in a pretty cool way. I like that a lot. There's <laughs> one level in Death's Door that does that. Yeah, yeah. And it it was it's a highlight. <laughs> so like an entire game that like feeds off of that. Yeah, sort of, there's uh, even some basic platforming that you had to do, like platform to the rhythm that that I thought worked pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm really so, excited to try that out. Yeah, so that's um, available now uh, on on Game Pass if you have it. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, I believe it was thirty dollars or twenty dollars. It was one of them because I looked. Pentiment was the other one. So it's just kind of interesting that like this is. Um, Microsoft is carving out this kind of niche of allowing uh, their first party studios in between major product projects like, um, you know, Avowed with Pentiment and um, Ghostwire Tokyo and whatever else mm. they're working on next, uh, you know, relatively smaller projects. And I think that's cool. Good on you, Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. yeah remember, well. remember Bleeding Edge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did, I did, I, not until a second ago, I did not remember Bleeding Edge. <laughs> Uh, that was that, Ninja Theory? Was that it? Yeah, was yeah that was Ninja Theory, Theory yeah. yeah. Weird. Um, that game was good. It just died. <laughs> it really did. Sad. Yeah. Uh, Nick, are you going to play this one? You yeah. Know, yeah. You know, no, I really like the rhythm games. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely going to test that out. Uh, yeah, really cool. So yeah, I'm building now. Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, check it out. There was a Elder Scrolls Online thing. I don't. Elder Scrolls right. Online. Yep, Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> Amy likes it a lot. <laughs> uh, there you go. And uh, then Redfall got um, a, a weird showing. I don't know. I, I have never known. Me other than the date at the end. Yeah, I've never known how to feel about that game. Like, it just, you know, it just looks really generic to me. I, I, 
I, I, I agree. Like I know, I know a lot of people are like, it's arcane, it's arcane, it's arcane. But like I, the gunplay and and, and uh, death loop didn't feel great. I this the gunplay in this doesn't look like it feels great. Also, like I don't know. It just if you're gonna have a game like about vampires, I would have felt like the weapons would be more creative. Like just shooting the vampires seems kind of like dull. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I, why? Why are, are there vampires? Like, oh, I don't, I don't mind the vampires. It's just like, <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, it's, they it's threw just, a machine like, the gun. The fact that the enemies game. are vampires doesn't mesh with the combat that you have against them, which is weird because, uh, like you said, with Deathloop having kind of weak gunplay, like it made me realize that yeah, like Arcane's better hits or like their bigger, more recognized, their older hits, I should say, Dishonored was a first person game, but it was more so about abilities and uh, melee stuff. Like there mm-hmm. were guns, but like you didn't use them a ton. Not since they've kind of since been shifting to more of this. I'm going to use a bunch of gun stuff. And it has been a little more bland. Yeah. I and think this the, seems like the blandest version of that. Uh, yeah. The, that style that they've been cultivating. The big thing uh, I was for a while now. hoping to see from those trailers or it's just more of their immersive sim routes, because like, I like those systems. This game, if it has more of that, like I'm, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if more of that's in there, but the trailers just don't show it. Like when it's just completely mm-hmm. focused on gunplay, it's like, cause like they showed off that lighthouse mission. I was like, okay, great. You ran up a pair of stairs and put in a light. <laughs> like why was that exciting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like they know that because they're arcane people who like immersive Sims are going to play it. And maybe these trailers are trying to win the everybody else some audience yeah. over, but I don't know who like, I don't know. All like the Call of Duty fans aren't going like fuck yeah, and like horror game fans aren't like hell yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. I see the only excitement I see over this game is like, well, Arcane usually makes good games, so yeah. I'm gonna play it. It's also on Game Pass, so yeah. And somebody was saying, um, uh, what should we call it? Uh, Deathloop was the B team. Now that was the A team. That was out of France. This one's their Austin team, which is technically the B team, but also the team that made Prey, which you know to a lot of people is a masterpiece. So. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Like, it, it is one of those studios. Like, I think a lot of their games don't show well in trailers, and then end up being a lot deeper than you expect them to be. And I kind of have I mean, a I feeling. I think Dishonored showed really well. Like, any anytime you look at someone, especially someone who knows what they're doing in Dishonored, like that looks like like one of the most fantastic immersive sim systems in existence. So, like, I, like Deathloop looked cool as well. Like, it has a lot of style. This very much looks super bland. Like it's, it's like it's, even the setting, like it's is it dark all the time? I don't I don't remember if there was light. Well, no, right? Because it's vampires around. So I'm assuming they would like they want to be in the dark. Like it just it just looks really boring. The the yeah. the enemy designs look kind of boring as well. Like they 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 do have different kinds of vampires, which is cool, but like even the the one encounter that I remember where this one like blacks out the area, it blacks out the area outside of you and him like it's not like you're blind to where the enemy is so it's like it seemed really inconsequential so yeah, i don't know it's, I, it's definitely I, one of those really, really wait to see games yeah yeah um if, if it has it, the immersive sim elements in there and like i am the the parts that i am excited about is like it's not it, like i trust i very much trust both arcane studios to make very good handcrafted open open worlds at this point um so that has me excited uh and then like their stories have been okay like pretty pretty damn good actually um so i'm kind of hoping like that's just something they can't really they're not leak you know spoiling because 
their trailers that focus pretty much on all these of the gameplay. Um, so I think, I think Marty, you are right. Like they're trying to win a different crowd with this. And then like yeah. the people that do know what arcane makes are going to show up and like, Oh, okay. All this stuff is here. That's what I'm <laughs> hoping for. <laughs> yeah. The marketing isn't um, doing, doing that for me though. Yeah. I don't know if it's just, is it maybe it's hard to market a multiplayer game, but it's also, they're trying to say it's also single player. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're very much marketing like the weapon customization, the co-op, the open world, all the very generic terms that, the average person would buy into <laughs> yeah yeah so that's, that's you know co- co-op no. vampire hunter like that's that's fresh and unique you know for them for the people that don't play everything like us and the people in chat <laughs> yeah um i mean there's not i can't think of too many co-op vampire hunters that, that seems pretty no that's what i said it's it's fresh and unique to people yeah. that you know yeah but um, I mean, it's called that do you do you actually hunt a vampire in it because it looks like you just shoot them <laughs> Hey, it's part of hunting. That's the last part of hunting. It's the end of hunting. Uh, So that uh, that got slated for uh, May 2nd, uh, which means May currently has that. Um, Ten days later has Tears of the Kingdom, and then on the 26th has Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Um, The latter of two of those two will probably be delayed. (laughs) So uh, congrats, Redfall. You have May. Uh, I'm sure something else is going to get put in May. It'll be something else. So, something's got to take something PlayStation time. related. <laughs> they should, yeah, they should have something because they got PSVR and then diddly <laughs> uh, until Spider-Man in the fall. So they got to have something going on. Uh, there's been rumors of PlayStation showcase as well soon. So mm-hmm. um, that would be cool. Oh man, if they show off Metal Gear, what if Metal Gear just comes out? <sighs> Metal I don't even know Metal Gear. What? I don't even know Metal Gear. What? Return. <gasps> oh my god, it'd be so exciting. <laughs> uh, I got goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> Before we move on to our main topic, Will Cooling with a two-pound donation. Thank you so much. Will said, KC was right, goddammit. His son was being a noob. I think that was when your son... That was, was that the article? Or was that the, the thing the guy wrote? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm going to start donating $2 to make fun of your kid. <laughs> 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 Shit, I can't say anything. They give money. Do you feel like your son's gaming tastes are growing? Are they aging like a fine wine? He still plays primarily uh, Fortnite, okay. um, which I don't like. But you know, whatevs. Is he like? <laughs> it's, it's does the, he like grow up people. with with Will? <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> um, he doesn't play too much multiplayer stuff with other people. Yeah, um, but he like he'll come and look at stuff and be like, "Oh, is that a thing I can play, or is that too mature for me, or whatever?" And I'm like, "No, you could play this." Mm-hmm. And so, like, if it is on Game Pass, or if uh, he requests it, then you know, for like a birthday or a, a holiday. Like, I'll get it for him. And he'll spend, like, a little bit of time with it and then go back to Fortnite. Like, when I was doing the review for Need for Speed uh, Unbound, he thought it looked really, really cool. And I was like, well, the last game, Heat, is on Game Pass right now. I can download that for you. You can check that out because they're kind of similar. He played that for, like, two hours at most Mm -hmm. and has not gone back since. But he said he liked (laughs) it when he played it. He just he's drawn to Fortnite. It's a a drug. Is Is he also playing with his friends all the time on it, though? On Fortnite, no. I don't, oh. I don't think most... He's still... He's only a third grader. Like, oh, okay. I don't think most of his friends have access to games and stuff like he does. So, if anything, they're, like, playing on their phone and they're probably not talking to anyone. <laughs> uh, that's super funny. Did he play, like, Spider-Man? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was what his article was about. <laughs> that was what the article was about. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that he finished. Yeah. And he's like... <laughs> then you made him play uh, Marvel's Avengers. He's, no, really I did heart, not. he's one person heartbroken <laughs> they're shuddering everything 
Uh, uh, that's uh, that's our graphic designer, Pet Manathan. He's heartbroken. Oh, he loves. He <laughs> he's loves made hundreds of posters for that game. <laughs> I don't know if he's played it, but he's made a lot of posters. <laughs> all right, all right, he's definitely played it. <laughs> uh, how come I was never rallying up with him? He could have no. heard me be depressed during the the pandemic as I was playing Marvel's <laughs> Avengers. It would have been great. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, games that aren't great, but maybe were just good enough. Uh, so yeah, our main topic, uh, which uh, you can see in the headline and the art, uh, and the chat, uh, and the chat. <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of. Uh, uh, so I, I, Stephen Brown, I absolutely read it. I just forget everything. I literally, I absolutely read Casey's thing. I think I edited it. Fuck, Stephen Brown, toss me on roasted, fucking, fucking roasted mm-hmm. me, roasted me out of spit. Um, the 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 sentence we have here is it's it's okay for some games to just be okay. And uh, before everyone gets so everyone gets so mad, everyone just gets so mad. <laughs> yeah. Why are you, you championing shitty you games that I have to pay seventy dollars for, Marty? First off, it is fine <laughs> for you to not like something. It is perfectly fine for you to not like something. It is fine to say, hey, this game shouldn't be $70 because A, that's a lot of money, and B, um, I don't know if it's worth $70 to me. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Uh, I, I mostly want to see, like, this stemmed from Forspoken, which if you saw when, like, the reviews came out, granted, this part of this was on Square Enix for, they gave, they were very weird with, like, who they sent review code out to and only sent it to certain outlets, and then the embargo was right before the game came out. Uh, and uh, people immediately started posting uh, short clips of the dialogue in the games. Uh, and, and, and everyone was just like, this is the worst thing ever. I have only listened to the, the bard himself. Where is my Shakespeare? Um, I mean, everyone, the thing that, the thing that angers me, this is, this is a little tangent. All these people who are like, this is not good writing. I'm like, none of y'all have a good taste in movies or anything <laughs> none of y'all are out here Shots watching fire. fucking tar none of y'all are out here watching tar you guys aren't like oh man succession season four was incredible y'all are like yeah i'll watch that mcu and oh damn bravo's got a new real housewife show on like none of you none of you have a good taste none of you know shit about dialogue so everyone just fucking calm the fuck down because you know what the secret is 99 percent of games it's terrible writing just dog shit writing top to bottom but that's fine just embrace the dog shit Sometimes, sometimes the dog shit, dog shit can be perfectly fine. <laughs> I, no, also, no, it stinks. It's also, <laughs> Forspoken's writing is not that bad. It, it, Forspoken's writing isn't as this isn't Naughty Dog. This isn't like no, none of the dramatic beats in the game have moved me so far. <laughs> um, that being said, like the the goofs and the quips to me are no different than the goofs and the quips in every first party Sony game. Like, they are the same goofs and the same quips. And maybe everyone's like, I'm sick of goofs and quips, and I need my characters to be silent and stoic, like my hero, Gordon Freeman, and then I will get the girl, like Alex, and everything will be fine. Um, but, Is that what happens in that? <laughs> yeah, he's all quiet, and then he gets the girl, Alex, and then everything's fine. Um, I didn't realize they were uh, an item. I thought she was just a helper. Maybe I shouldn't have spoiled that for you. Do they get together? <laughs> I don't remember. I haven't played those games <laughs> Fifteen. No, I had no idea. Hey, we're gonna find out soon <laughs> when Casey and I start playing the Half Life games. Uh, coming uh, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Um, and yeah, playing through the game, the dialogue. I, I thought her performance and the performance of the Bangle were totally fine. Like there was nothing wrong with them. I thought their banter was funny. I thought the mm-hmm. sort of back and forth they had was funny. Um, the weird thing in the dialogue, which again, none of these clips are showing is that when you talk to a random NPC, when you're walking around, it'll do the awful 
A-B conversation that happens in pretty much every open world game. It happened everything going from like Mass Effect to Horizon and everything to where you're like, oh, you these are two people talking who clearly aren't in the same room at the same time as each other. Mm-hmm. And there's just like a weird pause in between them. So that was like the big thing that that um, really stood out to me. Um, but in terms of combat, the game. Yeah, the game like isn't a masterpiece. The game isn't a fucking 10 out of 10. Uh, and but only being three hours into it, like to me, the game is just fine. And I feel like we need to be more accepting of sometimes it is fine for things to just be okay. Yeah, well, that's like people in the chat being like, oh, you know, that's we should get rid of all games that are just fine and only have the best games. Like, that, come on, that's never going to happen. <laughs> like, also, you is know, that what people are saying? <laughs> somebody, know, somebody said that know, in the chat earlier. I was like, I read that. I was like, this is what? <laughs> so if we get rid of all games that are just fine, no evil wins. as a company doesn't exist because <laughs> yeah. they went decades of just making well, okay, games that were fine to bad. I feel like most of our chat would be okay with that. <laughs> if FromSoft didn't exist? No, Ubisoft. <laughs> I said FromSoft. Oh, I thought you said I said FromSoft. Oh, no. I said FromSoft. <laughs> if they made games that were just fine, we would have never gotten to Demon Souls, yeah. which, hey, when people reviewed it, you're like, oh, this game's fine. Yeah, uh, that took time to grow on people. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big proponent of, well, let's throw some weird shit at the wall and see what happens. We, we did let's play a little devil's advocate here. Please do. We did uh, have Frost do a cold take that was literally the opposite of this argument. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> where, where he said, like, it's kind of not enough for games to good just isn't be okay. Good enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I, I do, I do want to, uh, because I, I think that's really more so from a critic standpoint, or even if you're not a critic, if you're just a very uh, big consumer of this medium in particular, like you've played so many games, you watch so many games, then yeah, the stuff that's just kind of average to good probably just isn't for you because you've played that exact sort of thing a million times over by this point. Like you need something to wow you in your old gamer age, right? So like I get that because I am I'm one of you like I kind of don't want to waste my time playing a game that's fine, but there's still a ton, a ton of other players who have not played as much, who don't care as much like that kind of floaty half assed feeling Final Fantasy 15 combat was great for a lot of people. Like they folks were like over the moon about that Final Fantasy combat. And I'm looking at them like I don't get this. Like you guys have fun. <laughs> I'm I'm heading over to to dmc or something where where real combat happens but that's me i'm i'm jaded i get it like i'll admit it yeah the, the, uh, the, but yeah the clips that were being pulled from first spoken were so like out of context and just you know just bits that like people are just picking out and the, the unfortunate part of that is like twitter like we were saying earlier twitter loves sharing shit takes and all that and so it was like I, I thought you said Twitter loves sharing the shit takes like this is a person. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to start calling people with bad opinions sharing shit takes. There you go. <laughs> I, I, but I, like, I don't know. I none of the trailers really made this game look good to me. The the dialogue from the, the trailer that got roasted for it has kind of just stuck with the game ever since. Um and I think that's all people kind of know about this game now is like the memes of it having bad dialogue. I'm not a fan of the well, dialogue at all in this because like I, I just I think the reason like it works so well on Uncharted and like even Guardians of the Galaxy it worked really well in there is because like there's good chemistry between the characters on the screen and everything like that. 
until you play for Spoken, you don't really know, you know, the chemistry between her and the band. But uh, the trailers is again like Dark or uh, Redfall. Like the trailers just didn't do the game any help in making it seem like that dialogue was any good. They probably should have just not bothered with with highlighting the dialogue over and over and over again. Cause it like graded people before they even got in there. Cause nobody would even notice it if they just focused on like the world, the gameplay, the story, and not all these like kind of cringy out of place dialogue things. It seems like mostly on the marketing team on this one. I don't know. Even, even if they, uh, that didn't focus on it in terms of marketing, like once the game came out, I do think it's a thing that a certain audience would have seized on. Oh yeah. Well, they always do. They seize on, on everything. I mean, but I mean, people are rightfully pointing out that like people were saying, like pointing out how good DMC's dialogue was, and it literally was like a lot of the same stuff as were spoken. Just no, they were making fun of that, right? No, the like the, the, the one that they, wasn't people, Capcom. Yeah, the people like this past week, people were pointing out how people like turncoded on DMC and saying, "Oh, now it was good, and now now Forspoken is bad." Oh, I still I think Forspoken in a decade will get a critical reappraisal, yeah. and it's going to be a big swath of people's favorite games. I'm going to go on a limb. It's not going to be my favorite game. <laughs> but I think in the same way that favorite something... Favorite, though? I think people are going game? to give this... Uh, like, people are going to do what they did with, like, fucking God Hand or what they did with um, Near Gestalt. And people are going to go back. And I'm not saying this isn't as good as, as either of them. Uh, and also, Haxon, when you when you talk about Grimoire and Papa Nier, that's exactly what it sounds like to me. <clears throat> um, that's the relationship that... Um, Frey has with uh, the the Bengal, whose name is Cuff, which I think is a very good name for a sentient Bengal. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, my my big problem with the game is my character seems she controls like a like an excited dog that I can't <laughs> control, and I, I want to move a little bit, and she starts doing all this like wild parkour, and I'm like, whoa, what what are yeah, we doing? Super super automated, a lot of yeah. her, uh, movement and stuff, and I'm hoping, which again, it looks super flashy, like like. To yeah. watch, it looks great, but like to play, it feels like muddy or well. It's just all that stuff's happening, light. and it's not happening because of me. Whereas in a game whose uh, whose uh, combat or traversal I really love, uh, Sunset Overdrive, you look cool and feel feel cool doing it, and it's because of your skill while playing it. And even something like uh, I mean, Insomniac's really good at this, but like the Spider Man games, like they make it pretty easy to look really cool doing that. But you kind of mm-hmm. always feel like you're in control of Spider-Man in this. Whereas yeah, with it is this, still you doing it. Yeah, with mm-hmm. this, I was like, oh, you look really cool doing all this, but this wasn't like, my intention. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't <laughs> think that this was going to be what, what happened uh, here. But yeah, and also the other the $70 thing is a big thing because we've, you know, there have only been a handful of games that have sort of had the $69.99 price tag <laughs> this generation that a lot more are going to have. Um, and, you know, that, probably this is not going to be in the same league as something like God of War Ragnarok. So I think that's a little bit of, I don't know if it's Square Enix being, um, I don't know, like if, if it's I, them I, thinking they can do this and get away with this. Or I, I think it's more the of them. I think it's more of them kowtowing to Sony. Like if Sony does it, that means we're going to do it because Sony, please buy me, please Sony notice. Also, me. <laughs> I mean, this is, this does have that weird exclusivity console exclusivity with sony maybe that was like a sony choice. for no He's, reason yeah sony I'm, I'm positive sony gave them zero dollars for that <laughs> <laughs> they were just like we do not want to have to 
we don't want to have to port it to that Gaijin machine. <laughs> like, yeah, they, but those are those are like uh, AOL instant messages that they're sending to Sony, like just, yeah. but they're not responding. Yeah, and to Microsoft, like, they're like, oh, you can have Final Fantasy 13 too on Game Pass. Everyone loves lightning. <laughs> like during the Xbox Direct, uh, Square Enix was in the chat just writing L, 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 L. <laughs> Xbox uh, dead. Xbox yeah. dead. Uh, that's really funny. Um, uh, at least on the like the okay games front, I just um, yeah, like this this expectation that like every game out of the gate is going to be the best game you've ever played is just unhealthy in my opinion. Like, because I man, I remember like I mean a lot of the games that I've loved growing growing up, like I would have skipped if I just read reviews like. Uh, Metro 2033 I remember got like a 6 or a 5 on IGN and I was like you know what that looks pretty cool I'm going to go check it out anyway and now Metro is like one of my favorite series ever um, mm-hmm. you know there's there's just like a lot of games like that and I think we kind of talked about it before where like I get I get excited about games that are just okay because like Plague Tale Innocence was just okay but I still loved it and now Requiem is like it's really was one good. of my games of the year yeah, yeah so like yeah. studio's gotta start somewhere like for i don't know if we're spoken is like equivalent to that because i don't know how much what studio even made this luminous productions what else have they made it's the first time i believe it was the studio that was founded by tabata who was the director of 15 who has since left the studio and so this was like i believe in theory this was the team's first and it's like a strange thing because the game is written by west by certain Western writers as well. Yeah, Amy Henning had a part of Gary Widow. Yeah. yeah. I think Amy Henning had a part on the game a long time. Yeah, my, yeah. my thought is this game went through all sorts of weird development hell and iterations, mm. and you can see the bones of other games while playing this game. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's... I do not think this is the greatest game in the world. If you ask me if I recommend for you to go out and buy it for $70, probably not. Yeah, I really wanted to try it, but like yeah. seventy dollars. Seventy dollars? No, I'm not. This is game. I'm not doing that. Uh, Nick, Nick I forgot Bowen. I had a copy pre-ordered. If we needed a review copy, and it showed up, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's here." <laughs> and then we got a review copy ten minutes later, and I was like, "You fucks." Womp womp. Uh, I mean, you send yeah, it to pay, me. Getting that seventy dollars going through that was that was like a that was a moment. Being like, am I gonna hit? Am I gonna hit this button? And seventy dollars is gone from my account on this game. Uh, that being said, they said the game's like fifteen hours, and I'm like, great, great. I will finish it hopefully this weekend, and it will be out of my life. And seventy dollars poorly spent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, what? Uh, I don't know. What do you? What do you guys feel about the? Um, this whole thing of like everything has to be a masterpiece. You know, nothing can can be sort of have rough edges and. I, I th- it's just completely unrealistic to expect yeah. that especially especially if you want like developers to be ambitious and try new ideas like it's never really going to be you know a, a slam dunk out of the out of the gate unless you're really lucky i mean even uncharted yeah. one is not a slam dunk i can't not play that game i hate how it plays <laughs> yeah uncharted one is not great that's, no. that's kind of how i feel about uh jedi fallen order i think the second one might be a real a real uh Finally passes the case. I mean, don't people say that? I haven't played it, but don't people say about first Witcher game? First Witcher's? Oh, yeah, the first Witcher's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they're remaking it. Even even Witcher 2 is kind of jank. (laughs) Yeah. So give them a chance. Forspoken 3? Oh, my God. It's going to sell like 40 million copies. (laughs) Everyone's going to love it. Then the game they do afterwards. Like, it's probably not going to get a second chance because the the backlash they'll, they'll take personal. And, like, 
I, I don't know if it, like it's a brand new IP and it's getting this sort of backlash. Like if it was brand new and it was like this sort of universal acclaim, then you know it's going to get a, a follow up. But well, like it's, it's it's too risky nowadays. Uh, it's squ- it's, it's Square Enix. So if this game doesn't sell ten million copies, you know it's dead. So. <laughs> right, yeah, true too. Like, Square Enix. <laughs> their goals are like be Final Fantasy or else. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> One thing I don't understand about this game: this game is no better or worse than to bring up another Square Enix published game. Something like uh, Outriders. Remember Outriders? Only '90s kids remember Outriders. <laughs> um, I Outriders. Came out near the Outriders end of the year like that. Okay. <laughs> it was just in. It just came in our lives and left. And but there wasn't this big like no one wanted to like burn Outriders at the stake. Like they do with Force Focus. So I see. Yeah, that had like a lot that. of positive. Like yeah. it, the, the game itself, in my opinion, because a lot of folks really liked it. In my opinion, it's super generic. Super generic. No, it's extremely generic. Powers, whatever. It's extremely yeah, but generic. No one. Yeah, no one. Like for some reason, folks were just sucked into that. And maybe it's because it was devoid of. Per- well, no, there was a story that pe- folks were like re- uh, it's, talking it's, about. It's really, it's a bad story, but it's not like. The, the, like, I, I the feel writing, like the I writing. remember specific people saying it was like there were like moments in the story that were like kind of hokey, but like endearingly so. There's yeah, from what I remember playing it, I mean, like there's not really a lot of quippy dialogue. It's it's a very dark and grimy kind of world, and it, it set the tone with that. Like there's definitely there, it definitely exists in there, but it's not like all over the place. But uh, uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, nobody nobody was playing that game for the writing. Like like everybody just knew it was a looter shooter, you know. And with Forspoken, yeah, and like the anything, story has been the central focus of all the marketing for it the entire time. And yeah, that's that's fair because Outriders probably plays like they're not the same kind of game. But in Outriders Lane, it probably plays better as one of those than Forspoken does as a open world action adventure. Thing. And old, even though it's combat is pretty different like you don't really get a bunch of spell slingers third person spell slingers and uh, so i mean I, I was rooting for it old uh, says, i still want to play it honestly old hunter says why are you guys dancing around the fact that it protects woman of color are we really dancing around it she's we talked about it we talked about it several weeks in a row uh, <laughs> she's the main character yeah. of the game and it i get what, no but what dance around the fact like that? i don't know casey do you think that's like part of i mean that like, do you think I mean, there's like an, a subconscious part of the dunk? I was, I was, I was throwing some subtweets uh, before this conversation started, and partway through the conversation started. But yeah, like it's part of the reason why a certain subsect of the internet immediately is jumping on it. Like it's the same thing with Velma, which uh, we talked about last week. Like it's it's in the crosshairs because there's already something that a group does not want to like. Like. They don't want to be tricked into liking this thing that they in the back of their whole upbringing has told them they're not supposed to like. So, like, that is a part of it. But the argument that comes to the front is this facade of, you know, the writing is bad. This character doesn't sound authentic. And it's like, that's dumb because it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the, the problem is that stuff like obfuscates the genuine criticism to have about something. This is just reminding me of like. Fucking every time this happens with like Rings of Power or or mm-hmm. uh, or Saints Row, um, where like these are all things that put sort of uh, 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 put faces forward that were not straight traditional white dudes. Um, and granted, Saints Row, you, you could make whatever the fuck you want uh, as mm-hmm. as a character, but um, and these are all things I have 
that I don't love. Like I have, <laughs> we did we did ten episodes of our TV show podcast about Rings of Power and about how it it sort of fumbled the bag time and time again. And and Saints Row, I thought was Yahtzee put it on his blandest list of last year, and that was spot on because that's exactly what it was. Um, but it just seems like these are all things that like when these things get shown, people like crack their knuckles and are like, it's time, everybody. It's yeah. time to log on. And I'm like, what, what does <laughs> from, it matter? From Why both sides on that, really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't see anyone. I don't see a, I don't see a forespoken defense force. I, I have. I, yeah. I, I've definitely seen a lot of that. Honestly, yeah. how do I like join? My, <laughs> how do you join it? Like my, <laughs> my don't. first exposure to that clip that was circulating around was a bunch of people defending it. They're saying like, Oh, this is a weird thing to use as a bad example because this is actually pretty funny mm-hmm. and like i was like yeah that's not like the the part where she like mimics the cuff and then the cuff mimics her back like yeah. that was pretty funny yeah i thought some of it's genuinely I, funny yeah I, I for me like and uh Vinny just brought up in chat gotham nice because i have played and finished that um i did a four-hour preview on saints row and i haven't played for spoken yet i think the thing for me is just like a lot of this writing that's like trying to be funny just and funny subjective of course but it's like trying very hard to be funny constantly. And I think a lot of it just comes down to overuse of the quips, overdoing it, overacting it. And it just, it sticks out like a sore thumb in a lot of these games because they're like, you know, this one maybe makes more sense. I don't know. I guess Saints Row would have made perfect sense for that kind of humor. It just was really poorly written. And like when I was previewing that game, I was already like rolling my eyes at the dialogue in like the first 10 minutes. I was like, why? This is too much. And then I go back and think, like, Amy and I just recently played Gears of War. And, like, those games are very dark and grimy, uh, but they also have quips in them. And But it's, like, well-timed and well-placed. And it's not, like, constant every other line of dialogue or after every emotional moment having a quip to lighten the mood, which Marvel does at every emotional scene that that show had, that universe has. <laughs> like, there's always a follow-up one-liner and... I I think that's what people are tired about. I think they just don't know how to voice that and attribute it to writing. I think more of it's down just to the overuse and pacing of those kinds of things. Like D- Darren has written about this exact thing in movies. And it, it, like you're saying, it also happens in games now a lot. Um, and it's it's a reaction to how cynical the internet is. Like the writers know that if they try to be sincere about a certain topic, the internet's going to be like, oh, that's dumb. That's We hate that. So they try to beat them to the punch by like undercutting it with like a joke or something. And now it's sort of coming back around where like, they're like, it's not, lost the balance it's not it. funny to be meta anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because everything's like, meta. Like it's funny, everyone, I, like the games that used to be meta were like every once in a blue moon. You get like, I feel like Bulletstorm was one of those games that was kind of meta uh-huh. about the FPS genre. And people loved it. But now every game is like, oh, I got to be meta and I got to have in jokes and, and all these kind of things. And it's just I think it's just at the point where like it's not funny anymore. It's like when I use these nuts jokes a million times, it's funny the first three times. But once you keep doing it, it's like, oh, shut the fuck up, Nick. Go away. Three, three is being generous. <laughs> no, I think I think these nuts, these nuts is about to, these nuts is about to hit its Borat moment. First time, hundred times it's not funny, but my God, is it funny again? Yeah, uh, yeah that's. Um, that's 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 really interesting. I think uh, I, I watched a video essay uh, on randomly. It was served to me and it was really great. And it was about uh, uh, how uh, 
the differences between if you watch the sub or the dub of early Miyazaki movies, it's not just the language that changes, but when I think Disney did a lot of the dubs of early Miyazaki movies like Castle in the Sky and Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, uh, when they got a hold of it, they said there's not enough music in this movie. So if a movie was two hours long, they only made 60 minutes of music for the movie because Miyazaki loved silence so much, mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. loved uh, silence and loved the sound of wind and nature. And so they showed a side by side of scenes with no dialogue and what they looked in the Japanese version and what they looked like in the American version. In the Japanese version, you hear the wind and you hear the silence of characters like overlooking a fly, a floating island. And it's like, holy shit, like they are high up. Like you get a sense of place and it really puts you there. And then in the American version, they just blare a score up and it's not even it's not the score that was in the original movie and it's because it feels like there's like audiences that like aren't comfortable with silence in these things and so in an open world game they're not comfortable with getting from point a to point b with because we're so inundated with with voices and technology and everything that we can't just sit and just not do anything like if you saw someone on an airplane who's just sitting there staring forward, like you would tell the stewardess, like that man's gonna kill us all, like put him in cuffs. Um, I think. Yeah, when I sit at the bar and I'm just watching sports and not talking to anybody, are you okay? Do you need a shot? Oh my god, I love that. That's one of my favorite things in the world. Yes. Uh, oh my god, this is great, Nick. Nick in Milwaukee, we should go to a bar and not say anything and just watch yes. sports. Not say anything. Never, oh, this is gonna just, be great. just never talk to each other. Just point. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Once every like twenty minutes, we could like grunt and make a comment about commercial or something. Just. Uh, just Finish your drink. I'm, I'm so I'm so excited. Also, people people keep talking. What do you keep? It looks like you're drinking out of a table leg it's, or a mannequin's arm. Somebody asked for it. It's cor corical. I oh shit! I just spilled on myself. That's <laughs> hilarious. I was like, man, you're doing that. Like you're just. I, I thought you I held a whole cup sideways. I thought, I thought it was empty. I mean, yeah. it was just a little dribble. <laughs> yeah. Um. Remember when wood uh, when TVs used to come in wood grain? <laughs> yeah, that was that was, that was the that was the sicko era. That was like a real bad era. Um, but uh, this this can segue nicely into us talking about what we've played and watched because there's one person who does understand that they can use words a bunch and then they know how to use silence, and that man's Hideo Kojima in Death Stranding. Because that game goes from having too many words to just being like, all right, now you're lonely in Iceland. Go wander around. And Nick, you've been playing more Death Stranding. Damn, that finally clicked for me. Uh, I have... Uh, I, t- I tweeted about it too because I was like, you know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna tweet this out. People are probably mad at me. I don't care. Um, I'm playing the game on very easy mode. I've tried playing Death Stranding like three different times on the normal difficulty. It just gets too tedious. Like all the, I hate micromanaging menus. I hate micromanaging gear. I hate all that stuff. I just wanted to hike. That's all I want to do in the game. I want to go from one location, get to the next pretty location, and have some good music play. And then Death Stranding makes me happy. Uh, and so that's what I'm finally getting with the very easy mode. Like there's pretty much no way so to not die. Easy, very no, easy. no, no, very like baby bone. Uh, like I'm <laughs> playing full yep. on baby training wheels mode. Um, mm. And not because the game's too hard. I just don't want to deal with all the minute stuff. Um, and so like I'm just about to wrap up chapter three. Um, when I was playing the game originally, like on the normal mode, which is, you know, the way you're supposed to play it, whatever. I, I, Every time I had to do like a big backtracking mission, that was my endpoint. Like I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, and now that on the very easy mode, like you know, your stamina lasts longer, so I can pretty much just sprint my way back when I need to backtrack. Because that's what Chapter Three just did to me, and I'm kind of not happy about it, even on very easy. 
when you get to the last part, oh yeah, you're at the very edge of the map. Now go all the way back to South Knot City. And I'm like, no, no. And I'm going to go steal <laughs> well, a truck. D's Knot City, am I right? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, I, no, I've really gotten into it. I, I love the world. Uh, episode three is like really where the game kind of opens up. Um, and one of the comments I read, like I read um, Patient Gamers on Reddit a lot. Um, one of the comments I read is really treat like act one and act two or episode one and two as like um, the great plateau in breath of the wild. And then after that, the game really opens up and starts adding all these extra elements in there. Uh, and that's very much true. And like, as soon as like the game started introducing more environmental hazards to me and forcing me to think and puzzle my way using equipment to get around, like you can't um, it, it, engage me a lot more than just walking in a direction <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you okay. uh, do you enjoy and or understand the story or what's happening right now yeah <laughs> it's it's i, I enjoy mean, it i don't understand the story of the game. yeah <laughs> I, I, mean, I like it i like like the things that are happening but i don't know what's going on yeah i'm, I'm definitely liking it um once you fragile fragile story is a lot more interesting uh, mm-hmm. than anything else so now that episode three is really starts digging into that whole thing and kind of setting up the antagonist of the story um mm-hmm. and so that's now i'm like okay this feels more traditional i get it now i'm kind of hooked on that yeah yeah you have to kind of put in a decent amount of work um to get there though yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah. but on very easy mode because I can I can speed through some things and just mainline the story. Um, yeah, I like I've made it through all of episode three in like almost four hours, which I know like it usually takes people ten hours to get through all that on oh, normal. Nice. Yeah, so I'm definitely probably like the normal playthroughs like twenty eight hours. I'll probably be able to finish it like sixteen. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it sounds uh, it sounds like the episodes after three kind of get shorter. Besides, like the two-hour-long movie at the end of the game. Because <laughs> there's, there's, four, there's 14 episodes, so I can't imagine they're all as long as episode three. No, no, episode three, I think, is far and away the longest in the game. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of it is your mileage may vary if you want to find all the bunker boys and you want to hang out with Conan O'Brien and no I'm just I'm just ma- I'm no. mainlining I see that little you gotta, you gotta I see get that Jeff Keighley though I see that little yellow line I'm like that mission that's it and he, he'll you be gotta veer off the path and get you Jeff Keighley <laughs> he'll the highway straight to Jeff Keighley's door the um the main guy will call me like hey you know there's other missions you can do you should probably do those I'm like no fuck off I'm going this way <laughs> <laughs> fuck off die hard I don't want to help you yeah. uh, Casey's a character in that game named die hard man uh, that's a uh, Guillermo del Toro's, del Toro's character, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. What a game. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, like, it, it was free on the Epic Store over the holidays. I was thinking about trying it out. Definitely, definitely, like, yeah. And if it doesn't seem like your thing, just play it on very easy. Like, it, don't worry about. I might do that. Yeah, I might it, actually just do that. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if you've caught the Kojima bug after the last year of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm gonna be honest, that sounds like a bad bug. It's I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though, it is like the most realistic looking like game world I've seen and just the way yeah, the gorgeous. environments it's yeah, all like hella geometry. Yeah, getting getting to like a waterfall and everything, like just the water and it all looks good. It just I keep yeah. I every every it's a lot like um playing Elden Ring almost, where like every time you get around a corner, like wow, that's pretty. That's a cool vista. <clears throat> so when when you guys well, Nick, you're still working your way through it, but Marty, you finished it? Uh, I did. Yeah, I finished the story. So, like, they're making a Death Stranding, too. They announced that. Mm-hmm. Is there something you want 
like from death like are you like you were done with that game was like oh man i could see where this goes uh less i can see where this story goes and more of they got all the table setting of creating a world out of the way and Mm -hmm. i could see a cool story in this world although it does seem like they're we got old man norman reedus and maybe he has a kid and fragile's back and troy baker's back but he's got a cool guitar this time uh (laughs) so i don't know what I don't know what the story is going to be, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for well, more adventures what about, in that world. Yeah, what about gameplay wise? Like, was there anything set up that meant like, oh, this could be expanded into something that's that the, will maybe reach a bigger audience outside of the the, the hiking standard simulator like ten million people? <laughs> it's a pretty big game. But I mean, it did, those, sell, it did sell pretty well. It sold really well for this type of um, game. I mean, uh, it's Kojima yeah, I think they plus can generally says less menus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the men the 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 amount of menus just to get through to complete a mission is insane. Like the fact that there's even a button to auto scroll through the menus is tells you there's too many menus. <laughs> yeah. So it is yeah, it is uh again, I hopefully I hope that stuff's streamlined. Um and I can see them evolving. Like one of the things I love, which I don't know how it feels to play that game now, but playing it at launch, um, how the multiplayer stuff work where it's not like co-op or anything but like you are building roads and fortifications and things like that that players you never meet behind you will be able to use so the Mm -hmm. next player who gets to this area will have part of a highway already built for them instead of starting from scratch and so there's that multiplayer sense of like altruism of i'm doing this for the good of the guy behind me um which i i've really liked and found incredibly affecting um and so i don't know i'd be curious if there's more of that there i don't want like Multiplayer, multiplayer. Like, I don't want to be playing with someone else, but I want more of that idea of my actions are having a positive impact on, on other people. And the same thing, if I come across a structure, like, holy shit, someone else built this. Like, they took the time and resources to build this thing, and it is helping me in my current in my current journey. So you're you're I, a believer of the Strand game, is what you're saying? I am the Strand genre. We need more. Everything would be better in the world if we just all embraced the Strand genre. Um, strand before, 2.0. It's coming. See, it's coming. Uh, before we move on, King Dad with a two dollar donation. Thank you so much. Said Marty only likes Forspoken because of Martin's meat market. Uh, <laughs> the game starts off. Forspoken begins. Uh, you're walking around Hell's Kitchen because it is an isekai about this girl who gets uh, transported into a fantasy world, and one of the stores was named Martin's Meat Market. <laughs> and let me tell you, I was I was tickled pink like a prime rib. It was great. Uh, so the game needs more of that. Uh, Tim Mia with a $5 dono. Thank you so much. Said Forspoken also lets you switch the voice acting to Japanese. Can't tell if it's cringe or if you're just reading subtitles. That is true. What is it? No one ever watches anime and is like, this is cringe. Like, I don't know. Everything in Japanese just sounds cool. Because everything's over the top <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Have you ever yeah. watched anime? Uh, no, I Casey, have you ever watched, a, have you ever <laughs> yeah. watched an anime with subtitles and ever been like, this voice acting is bad? Can someone point me to bad Japanese like, voice acting? Bad Japanese voice. I, I, yeah, I couldn't really tell. I don't think. But, but what's weird is like I can. I feel like I can hear when it's really good because like the One Piece voice actors, they they are ridiculous characters, but they commit. Like they like I I could not watch One Piece in English because I would miss the the weird nuance of all the Japanese voice casts. Uh, like like every villain in that show has like a unique laugh. And that show's been going on for like 30 years. <laughs> so that's a lot of villains and a lot of unique laughs. It's they it's a treat, honestly. But yeah, I can't I can't think of a bad sounding Japanese uh, uh voiceover. 
Yeah. I can. Um, Paimon. <laughs> Paimon speaks English. Paimon Japanese. <laughs> you playing Japanese? That is an Japanese English Paimon? voice actor. I don't know. Also, isn't that game Chinese? <laughs> yeah, shit. It's also it's Chinese. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh, no, I'm racist. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, I don't know. Are there, are there other voice language tracks in that game? I've never checked. I don't know. I haven't tried. There's got to be. That game's got like a... Doesn't, isn't it fucking huge? Like... I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, Americaville. Um, That's true. Back to look at the dialogue options. <laughs> It'd be great if you got canceled because of a Paimon hot. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, saddest cancellation. It's gonna, ever. What's going to happen is going to happen. <laughs> I want one of her alternate voices to be like extremely deep, just to super <laughs> contrast the, the English. <laughs> one. Uh, I was scrolling up to read Dorian King's, but my fucking chat just froze. I've got so it. Dorian King Dorian donated King's ten sad. Canadian dollars, as may have been said already. Just got in chat. But the biggest issue with Forspoken writing that I've seen from a half a dozen reviews is that the main character is absolutely, absolutely unlikable. Super edgy. I don't think she's unlikable. That's not true. That's, I, 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 I watched Marty play. Yeah. There's nothing unlikable about her. If, yeah. any, if well, anything, you could be offended by the fact that she's foul mouth. But <laughs> that is the entire Northeast. <laughs> yeah, to me, that is just a personality. Like, you cannot like a personality. But that's like, I don't know. If they're trying to nail that kind of person, it felt like it worked for me. I know. She also reminded me of some people I know. So maybe I just I'm friends with unlikable people. You are friends with us. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've dated unlikable people. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought her I thought her characterization was fine. Uh, and then Stephen Brown with a two dollar donut. Oh, I can only scroll up a little bit now. Stephen Brown just says, thank you, Nick. I don't know what that was too. But that Probably was for, for I, pouring water on myself. That was really good. Give a good laugh. <laughs> to be honest, that was really good. Jumbly with a great point, though. It has one of the all time baffling. How did you not just change the scene a little bit? So in the first like 10 minutes of the game, she has a big bag, a duffel bag of money and a cat. And her plan is to leave the apartment the next day to like get out of town because there's some like shady dudes who want to want to beat her up and take her money or whatever. Uh, she wakes up and her apartment's on fire and she wakes up next to her bag of money and the bag of money is interactable. It has a prompt and you can hit the button, but she'll say, I don't have time. I need to find my cat. And I'm like, I keep hitting the button because the, the place is burning down. And she's like, I don't have time to grab the stuff bag. I need to find my cat. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, why not just put this bag somewhere else in the scene? Like, and so you end up finding the cat and then you get out. Well, by the time you get out, you don't have the money because it burns. But it's like baffling to me that they let this interactable bag of money just right there. Like, just put they, it somewhere else. That seems intentional. It seems like they wanted you the player to feel like I want the money, but then for the character to say, I care about the cat more than I care about why money. put a prompt as on like a money. personality trait, <laughs> but it wasn't even, she's, uh, it's just, no, I, no, I get it. I get like mechanically between the two of them. <laughs> you know, the I get it. I would, I would hundred percent get it, but I can also kind of see the logic in that. Cause like, of panic. course you're not going to get to leave with the money. Like that's yeah. the whole setup, right? The money is, is not coming with you, Yeah, but they, they want you to be like, Here's my chance, but no, you know what? This character cares more about the cat. I'm now endeared to that character trait because apparently liking dogs and cats on the internet is a character trait. <laughs> apparently, yeah. But there are cats. Like, you come across cats in uh, the fantasy world. They just have, like, regular-ass cats along with their dragons. <laughs> they're, they're not magic cats? <laughs> no, they're just regular cats. But you come across them, and if you follow them, they'll, like, run and find, like, they'll run and lead you to something nice. <laughs> and so that was, like, a nice trait where I was like, oh, she clearly likes cats, which is... You know, that makes sense with this thing. But yeah, that was my one thing I didn't understand. Casey, um, you've been playing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, so you play anything? You watch anything? <laughs> oh, did I play? oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't even hear the question. Oh, yeah. no. Um, I No, actually, this week I have not been playing or watching much at all. Nothing new, at least. There you go. We did cool. it. <laughs> uh, uh, two new shows debuting this weekend. Highly recommend both of them, although they are on streaming services. Um, I don't know why I said although they are. One mm, of them of is are. on Apple Plus, <laughs> which it's possible a lot of folks have Apple Plus because it's very popular. Uh, and it's called Shrinking. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the new show by uh, the creator of Ted Lasso and also uh, the creator, uh, the, no, the actor in Ted Lasso who plays, uh, is his name Roy, Roy Kent, the, the older like the older soccer oh, yeah, player, yeah, yeah. Ted Lasso, who's like uh, his, his time has kind of passed, but he's uh, curmudgeon and everything. Uh, he's mm-hmm. one of the creators of this show, too. And it is uh, it stars Jason Siegel of like forgetting Sarah Marshall and uh, Harrison Ford in a comedy role, which is like so weird at first. It's like seeing yeah. a teacher at the grocery he's, store. He's on TV <laughs> and doing <Yeah>. comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Jason Siegel plays a therapist who decides to start just being honest with his um, with his patients and telling them like how they should actually change their lives. Like there's this woman who keeps coming in and she has a shitty husband and everything, but doesn't leave him. And eventually he's just like, if you don't leave your husband, I'm firing you as a patient. I guess, I don't know what that word is probably not firing, but whatever it is, like you can no longer come to me as a therapist if you don't leave your husband. (laughs) And she's like, okay, I will. And so this like triggers something in him where he's like, maybe I can get to these people if I like push them to the edge and like Uh make them do something like this. Whereas Harrison Ford is like an older, like, Harrison no, Ford. you don't do that. You're crossing yeah, the shrink yeah. line. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're crossing the shrink line. Yeah, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a weekly uh, half hour. Like it's a similar tone, I would say, as Ted Lasso. Like it has like heavy dramatic moments, but is also like super fucking funny and uh, has this really great small cast of like seven or eight core characters. Oh, did we all die? It's not me. I promise. Hold on. Reload. No, this was the chosen program to not break. I got reloaded. Hold on. Oh no. Oh no. Guys, it broke. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I'll get them a link. Oh, can't invite people that aren't here. Wow, that completely crashed on us. This <laughs> yeah, was a chosen that. program. <laughs> No. Okay. Oh, that sucks. This this was its trial run, and it shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I we I recorded with them for an hour and a half. Where's Marty? Tell him to click the link. Uh, if he just refreshes, he should be able to come. No, back. you know what? It was Marty that killed us because his Slack is down. So that means his internet died. It wasn't us. Slack it was him. Down. Oh. Oh wait. So Marty disconnecting. Marty disconnecting killed, the whole call? killed us all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that. that Sounds like a bad deal. The, this, this is why Marty. Marty's the reason we can't have nice things. We'll just go with that. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta resize your skull. Hold on. No, not my skull. We're gonna. We're gonna wrap this up pretty quick because KC's got to stream again in like thirty uh, minutes. Yeah, we're about at time. Time anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, so then, Martin, uh, KC, we'll just start going through the plugs now that I. Some, I have asked. We do have one more super camera. chat, though. We do. Okay, Obi Dahomey donated two dollars. Says, "How does one write a pitch? I might do freelancing." Uh, God damn it, Marty! I fixed everything, and then you came in and just broke it again. It is. And your internet crashed. It's you. It was you. 
No, it clearly wasn't me. It was absolutely... <laughs> your Slack was down and everything. No, I didn't have Slack open. Oh, well, I'm still blaming it on you. That's fine. I that can't out. believe how long... That's a good excuse. At what point did I go out? Because like I almost like lost my breath talking about these two shows and was waiting for one of the guys to cut in and no one was cutting in. <laughs> no, like you, because for me, yeah, you just stopped talking and then I realized all the cameras were froze and then the stream was froze. Which so was like, show? Did I even uh, get the still poker talking face? About, no, you did not get the poker I face. I talked about poker face for like two minutes. <laughs> my God. Jesus. Uh, all right. we're just, I thought you guys were just so engrossed. I was like, oh my God, I have them. It's, it's the audience. <laughs> We're, we're doing we're just leaving it like this. that's fine uh shrinking is the application <laughs> i talked about the second it's on peacock it is called poker face it is created uh by ryan johnson of the knives out that <laughs> i fame uh it is a really great uh weekly it's not a whodunit but it's uh, how we gonna catch them it um starring Tasha leone and i think it's great <laughs> <laughs> Was I not talking anymore? <laughs> no, we can hear uh, Nick fuck the camera. Look, look at the screen. <laughs> it's just because he's giant a, forehead. It's a giant face. I don't believe it. Like Modoc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got uh, tired of fixing it, so I'm just leaving it. I'm gonna be honest. I don't I don't blame it. But yeah, check out check it out. Poker face. It's 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 really good. <laughs> uh, Darren has a great review up. Darren loves it. It's like. Darren and I are both like Gaga over it, so um, check it out. It's funny you say Gaga because that's all I can think of when you say Poker Face. I just think of uh, Lady uh, Gaga. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. Uh, and the secret with uh, Peacock is if you don't want to <laughs> fucking pay for it, and I don't blame you because who the fuck wants to pay for anything? Uh, just like wait a month and a half, the show will be done, and then you can uh, do one of those free week long subscriptions, bang, bang through it, and then just fucking turn it off. That's it. Can we leave? This has been a, this is just a mess. I was so excited to talk about the things I enjoy. I'm just fucking with KC now. It's getting worse. Uh, I, it, it just keeps making me <laughs> bigger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. It's just like the uh, B movie thing, the B movie. But every time KC speaks, this camera zooms in a little bit. No, no every time Marty mentions Poker Face, the, the, <laughs> the camera zooms in. Yeah, you're, you're pinching the screen. Yeah, perfect. Whoever so, enjoys uh, your pores. Um, I think that you said he, they enjoy his porns. Uh, they <laughs> love his porns. You got great porns. Um, yeah, that's about it. I also just started reading Berserk. Have you ever fucked with Berserk, uh, Casey? Uh, I know <laughs> a lot of details, but I've not watched it properly or read it. Because, wait, there is an anime for it, right? Like an old school yes. anime? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing that was, uh, it's heavily influential on everything from Software has done. Uh, and also, like, um, influential in terms of the giant sword, like Cloud's Buster Sword, is inspired by Guts's mm-hmm. sword and in, in Berserk and everything. So it has like a giant, uh, like a giant thumbprint uh, on a lot of uh, just modern anime and, and weeby culture. So um, I've been, uh, but the big thing about it was the guy's been doing it. He's it's pretty much like a one man operation, and he was he started it like in the '90s and it was still going on, and then a year ago he just died. Um, so yeah, everyone's like, "What happens to this?" And it like ended on a cliffhanger, uh, and so everyone's like, "Well, how do how do we deal with this?" And so they're, I think they're still like figuring out how they're going to finish it or if they're going to use his manuscripts or what. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been reading it. Pretty cool manga colon pretty cool. Uh, Obi Wan okay. to homie said, "Please read my super uh, chat." Yes, I, I was read- I was in the middle of reading it, and then you you interrupted by joining. 
again. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, uh, how do Obi-Wan Dahomey wants to know, uh, how does one write a pitch? I might do freelancing. Uh, you come up with a idea for an article you describe the article <laughs> and you have your pitch do you have your do you have your share your tweet you wrote like a really good tweet thread uh well uh, on how to pitch us i didn't i didn't write on how to write a pitch specifically like, oh. i think they're asking like you know like how do i come up with the idea for a pitch or whatever oh gotcha yeah i mean a pitch is if you can only get someone's attention in two two sentences about something Put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Like what's yeah, what, like in two separate? Yeah. What re, what? Telling. Go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just is that you're telling someone what you want to write about without writing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. keep it as brief and succinct as possible, but get to the point of like what the whole thing is supposed to be. Yeah. What what in two sentences? Kind of what what's your angle and what makes it stand stand out from a million other things on the internet. Uh, specifically when I read pitches, uh, I also look for a very good title because then I know what, if he will be hooked by the article or not typically. Mm-hmm. So work on uh, practicing your title making. Cause that's very important. Yeah. Uh, and then bear. I really like if you ever use only nineties kids will remember this. I really like that title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like when people send them pitches that specifically roast Marty. So, those are my favorites. They just attack. You are. I'm already being have roasted people, by. It. <laughs> have people written pitches about roasting Marty? No case. I'm just curious. <laughs> if it was Don't only nice kids will remember this old sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do. I do get. I do get emails every once in a while though about why I should fire somebody. So that it's kind of That's similar. Nice. Yeah. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes they also email me why I should fire me. Um, that's, those are the fun ones to read. And I'm like, I'll think I, I, yeah, well, that's why I always tell them. I reply. I was like, all right, I'll let you know what I think. (laughs) Is it your email, your name? Yeah. Like, it's not like it's some generic site thing. Uh, well, they'll send it to the editor email. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I am the Senate. Uh, bear bomb donated $5. says $5 to rescue Marty from the void. He did that himself. It worked. No, that was the $5. I did it. Oh, I did it. Brought it back. All right. Oh, so if I void Marty, people pay to bring him back. I like this idea. (laughs) <laughs> gamers rise up don't pay <laughs> let me die vote with your wallet let me die <laughs> and spaz well resubscribe to prime for 19 oh, months thanks, over on twitch oh says, i didn't even have twitch open since the, the incident i'm sorry twitch the shenanigans are always worth a sub i agree you know what Thank else you. is worth a sub bring your marty back hell yeah because he's in the void um, right now <laughs> oh okay, you want to you want to do the outro no that's okay i'll bring you uh, back for that yeah we gotta sign out Nick, do the outro. You remember what episode number it is. You remember what say at the end. Nope. That's why I pay you to remember things. You don't pay me. Gamers pays me. Uh, <laughs> you ain't my checkbook. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for watching Breakout episode number 73. Uh, as Casey mentioned, in 25 minutes, Casey and Jesse will be back with uh, Get Jesse to the Greek with more God of War 2. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, tomorrow we have a full day of streaming. Nick and I will be on at noon. We will not be finishing Jedi Academy. We'll be doing a sponsored stream of a Weeby game about some girls who want to run a coffee shop, but it turns out to be a tower defense game. I think. Casey, that who, who do you is think? Who do you think's playing that? The truth. Definitely not me. After all these fucking problems. Who do you, who do you playing? Who, who do you think's playing that game, Casey? Is it? Is it's you, right? It's him. It's yeah. him. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's, it's going to be great. Nick gets to pick a, a coffee shop waifu. 
awesome. Yeah, I, I this might be the best monster stream we've had. <laughs> <laughs> the game actually looks pretty cool. I will say. Um, and then uh, at 3.30 p.m. we'll be doing uh, uh, our Sea of Thieves stream with Nick, Jack, Yahtzee, and myself. So tune in for that. And then at uh, 7 p.m. Central, Casey and I will be back probably finishing Revengeance. Yeah, I think so. That's the plan. So, yeah, tune in for that. Um, and then really quick, what else? Uh, Casey, what do you got going on? Uh, not too much. I should have a review drop in at some point this week for a game called Whalian. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Um, that 90s show is out on Netflix. Uh, I did a full season review. You can check that on the site. It's a written piece. Um, uh, Marty already mentioned all the streams. Uh, you can search for my podcast on podcast listening services or on my personal Twitch at Sigma Gears 9. It's called The Sigma Show. Check that out. We just talk about news and stuff. Uh, but I'll be back. I'll see you guys in a little bit. So ask me about it if you care. <laughs> cool. And uh, I, I, re, I recorded a, my first brand new episode of Beyond the Pixels uh, in over two years today. It was an interview with uh, three developers that previously worked on uh, Call of Duty and Titanfall uh, who worked at Respawn and Infinity Ward. Uh, really cool interview, you know, podcast about like the migration of AAA devs. Uh, and then I have another one to record and another one after that that I won't spoil yet, but are pretty cool. So once I have three episodes recorded and a little bit of a backlog, uh, I'll start releasing those. We did record videos, so uh, more than likely I'll release them on Patreon and then the YouTube channel. We'll see, uh, but there will definitely be an audio version. So that's what I'm okay. working on right now. Plus, uh, lots of spreadsheets because that's what I do now. So spread those sheets. Jesus, <laughs> what an awful thing to say. Time to go. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>